Oh, good morning, everybody. It is still snowing up. Crazy. Um, wish we would have had this about a week ago. Uh, let's see. No, a week and a half ago. Anyway, right before Christmas would have been fun. Would have been a white Christmas, but it waited until three days after, and uh, by God's design, we will take it and love it. Anyway, welcome to It's a Religion, Ehud, Son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America into the Republic for which it stands, two nations under God, for which they stand, two nations under God, uh, quite divided with liberty and justice for some, those that are connected, those with money, those with influence, those with power, those with uh, the right mindset, apparently, anymore. If you don't think right politically, if you don't think right um, as a sheeple, uh, as a subject of the government of the United States, uh, you're going to be squelched, you're going to be sidetracked, you're going to be uh, quarantined, you're going to be who knows what, who knows what's coming. Um, with the current administration, that's the way things roll. Because, I believe anyway, that the current administration walks without faith. They walk in a faithless godless world where they put faith and trust in man saying that man is basically good saying that man can drive his own course can go his own way without the help of a holy god and we here at, at uh, it's a religion like to point that out like to point out the falsehood of uh, evolution the falsehood of secular humanism the falsehood of muhammadism the falsehood of all these other things that you fill in the blank with besides the one true way to uh, worship the one true God, Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, um, our Savior, the one who came to earth and saved us by going to a cross and dying for our sins and rising again. And he is alive today at the right hand of the Father God, the one who made everything and who sustains everything. There's, you know, there's a reason the sun stays where it's at, and it's because of the power of God. And though many don't want to admit to that, um, when you look at everything else in this life that we've been given, because we are made in his image, remember, um, I look out you know, across the street and see a home that was built probably in the 1970 time frame. And, you know, it has windows, it has a door, it has a chimney, it has different things that are part of houses and you know, a house starts with a plan. It starts with an understanding that certain things will work for certain things. Um, you know, windows, for instance, are designed so that you can see out of them, and yet the cold and, and uh, well, a lot of windows allow more cold than they should, but you know what I mean. Things have a design, a purpose to them. And when you look at our universe, when you look at our world, things have design and purpose. You know, we're going to read uh, the second chapter of Genesis. We read Genesis 1 yesterday and and the marvel of what God did in creating all these things. And, you know, I, I look at one of the big ones to me is you look at plants and most plants have a uh, inherent ability to reproduce, right, within themselves. It's called seeds. They produce their own seeds. Those seeds fall to the ground when the, the or, you know, however they're, we work with them and end up planting them. And they grow additional food and fruit and and things of that nature. You know, this stuff doesn't happen by itself. It doesn't design itself. And when you look throughout the course of history and all the uh, 
fossils, for instance, that we find. We don't find fossils that have transitionary forms. And even now, we don't see things transforming into other things. And so the whole thing is, is just basically built on a house of cards that people put faith in because they, they don't want to submit to a holy God. They don't want to submit to uh, the ways in which God has called them to live and the purposes which he's given them, given them uh, to live within. And what's funny is they still have to reference back to those things. And C.S. Lewis talked about that in Mere Christianity. There are certain innate things that we know are just wrong. And how is that? How can that be without some measure of wrongness, some vehicle in which we, we've come to understand that? And people will argue, well, yeah, it's just a social construct. Well, it's not. It's inherent to us. Um, so anyway, let's get into the Word. We like to start with the Word of God here at It's a Religion. Genesis 2 is what we're reading today. So let's get into it. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them, and God and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. So the whole idea of a six-day work week probably works in that sense. Like, you know, you do things for six days, and then on a seventh, take a break. You know, relax, um, worship God, be uh, set apart on that day, have it be different. I don't think there's a law, you know, at one point, there was an actual law that came down to the Jews about the Sabbath, and uh, that became a an idol almost in itself. You know, the Sabbath became something like a god to them, whereas, you know, God was like, look, you know, I made this for you to just rest and, and turn to me and be thankful to me for giving you life, for giving you the ability to, to have things and pursue things. So anyway, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And I believe all this was written, you know, brought to Moses when he wrote it down um, through generations, through uh, word of mouth even. Um, and you know, inspired by God and the Holy Spirit. And every plant on the field before it was in the earth and every herb in the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. Think about that, that's the whole face of the ground. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? No rain, nothing was coming out of the sky. It was all coming up from the ground. You know, remember God... God's spirit moved on the face of the waters. So there's a, you know, it always amazes me that you can drill down under the ground and find water. You know, we're building a house right now and you had to go down 200 some feet to get a good water supply. Um, and yet there it is. You know, there's water under the earth. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. It's interesting there that it doesn't say living being. It just says living soul. You know, we are different than everything else that God made. And he formed man of the dust of the ground and uh, gave us life. Breathe into the nostrils of man the breath of life. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food, tree of life also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
which is interesting that there were trees that represented these different things back then. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence was parted and became into four heads. Can you imagine the uh, perfectness of a river back then? It's just, it'd be pretty neat to have seen that. The name of the first was Pison, and that which encompassed the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good, and there is bdellium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon, and the same that encompassed the whole land of Ethiopia, and the name of the third river is Hidekel, that is it which goes toward east of Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in it, in that day you eat, you shall surely die. Well, just to go back for a minute on the rivers, we don't know exactly what rivers those are today. And, uh, you know, Euphrates might still be the same. It might not because of the flood. The flood might have changed the course of some of these things. The flood might have uh, um, affected how some of these things um, are at this point. So, but then, you know, you get into the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, I don't know what God's original plan was. He doesn't really lay it out here, but he didn't want Adam, Adam getting that knowledge too quickly the knowledge of good and evil, right? The the thing I was just talking about, you know, C.S. Lewis was saying that came from somewhere um, that had to have some intelligence behind it, you know, to give us that that capability. It just you, that's, that didn't develop on its own. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat of it, for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good for that, that the man should be alone. I will make him an, a, a helper, for him, a help meet for him, it says. In updated versions, it says, uh, an associated helper. So, what the, I don't know what that, and a help meet for him. Now, that word is azer, an aid, a help. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God made uh, and taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was made and taken out of a man. Therefore shall man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. And, you know, when I think about this story, uh, a couple of things come to mind. One, there are purposes for each individual, the man and the woman. And, you know, God had a design in mind from the foundation of the world on uh, what these different genders, these two genders, there are only two folks, that's it, um, were intended for, you know, the purpose for which they were made. Now, that original purpose was marred, and we're going to see that in chapter 3. But uh, but it still is there, right? It's still something that um, people have to deal with because Satan has tried to circumvent that from the, again, chapter 3, we're going to see that. And when you look at, at how men are made, how women are made, there's different ways in which they typically are uh, you know women tend to be more emotional and caring and 
things of that nature. Care more about the uh, interactions that people have, and um, you know, men are more logical and more "let me get this done" type thing. And and physically, you know, typically men are stronger and more agile, more able. You know, it cracks me up nowadays where they have men in some women's sports, and now women are getting so upset. You know, these uh, secular humanists that get get mad when a man calls himself a woman and wants to compete so he can kick women's butts. And the women get all upset about it. Well, wait a minute. You know, if you guys were good enough to be in this sport, why don't you compete with the men? And let's see what happens. You know, it's to me, it's a joke. It's like, what's the purpose? Why are you trying to be like men? And, uh, you know, people give me a hard time for that, but... I, I, I just call it what it is. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. You know, a lot of these gals want to be men, and I think that's part of the, the sin nature that we have that comes about in the next chapter of the Bible. But originally it wasn't like that. Originally um, she was brought out of the man. God made her for a purpose to help him in his work. And, uh, you know, there's a design to the function of reproduction, folks, that went into every quote-unquote species or every kind um, and I'm going to use the word kind because species has been uh, circumvented by the um, secular humanist to mean something that it's not because um, there are certain kinds genetically and that's really what, what you see uh, scientifically anyway but then it you know it says the woman or the man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and there should be one flesh and you know, men and women do that, come together and produce uh, additional offspring, right? And at this point, at least, before the fall, they were both without, they didn't have any clothes on, and they were not ashamed. They were not, there was not anything uh, that they even realized that that could be considered or construed as evil or what have you. Um, so I don't know, you know, what God's intention was fully in writing that at that moment. Um, you know, a husband and wife can be in that state of unrest together without, it's not a sin. Um, now walking around, you know, amongst other people, yeah, that would be, that would be really weird and isn't something that we allow, right? Um, so makes sense. But, but. You know, look at, at today's society. You know, I was talking to, we had some friends over last night, and I was talking to um, this guy, and it really hit me. You know, the last hundred years or so, there are three major things that have happened um, that have changed the fabric of our society in the United States, in the Western world, if you will. Um, you have, back in the, whenever it was, 1920s, uh, gals got the right to vote. And whether you agree with that right or not, uh, it changed the fabric of how we act as a society. Now a woman wasn't there supporting her husband, and the gentleman was voting for that family. Um, now it was a free-for-all. You know, husband and wife can cancel each other out a lot of the time and vote different ways because they believe differently about how things should be done in the government. And that was a big deal, you know, and men succumbed to a certain group of women who were pushing that idea on society and they won. The second thing was gals going into the workplace. And I don't care what you say, but when you have a, a man 
spending eight hours a day with a gal that's supporting him, uh, maybe working for him, and then uh, he comes home to his wife, who he doesn't spend spend maybe the next six hours with. There's a going to be a, a potential conflicts can arise there. Uh, it just it's inherent, right, in people because of our sinful nature, and it's just not a good thing. Um, so again, that's you can say that's way out of whack at this point. You know, we've grown beyond that. We're far beyond that. But it's not. It's it's just a simple fact, a simple observation that that, that can cause problems for people. Um, and then third is gals uh, taking positions within the church and leadership and government and places like that that um, will have an effect on uh, the outcome of our society. And especially in the church. I mean, you can argue whether gals should be in politics or what have you. Uh, I personally think that God intended them to be a help for a man. You know, that was their intended role in society. And it's not an evil thing or a bad thing. It's just, it's not what Satan would want, certainly. He wants gals to be running everything. I guarantee it, sure as I'm sitting here. And men to be weak-kneed willies running around without a spine. And you see a lot of that in our society today. And, you know, I think about in politics, uh, it's not good. But, you know, I saw an, uh, an endorsement from President Trump. There's a gal named Mary Miller who's a very staunch conservative person. And then there's a guy that she's got to run against because of the gerrymandering they did in Illinois with the redistricting uh, this year. And Trump endorsed her over the other guy. And I know why. I mean, her beliefs are much more aligned with what, what Trump would say is good. Um, but I myself still have questions about that. You know, I, I find myself sometimes going, well, what's the big deal? But it is. It's a big deal. You know, men should be stepping up and leading in these areas. But if you have an area where a guy won't do it, you know, I don't know. What do you do? Do you put a woman in charge then? Uh, uh, you can hit me up on that one, but and it's almost uh, at this point in society, it would be uh, you know almost like what is this guy even talking about? But you go back far enough, and it wasn't that way. It's just like schools never used to be the public institutions they are. You know, and somebody would come in, a teacher would set up a school and let the community know, hey, I'm here, and if you want to send your kids for an education, I will teach them. And you would pay, you know, they would collectively pay that person or individual to teach their children, and they would send them off to, to school. It wasn't a public institution. It wasn't a political institution. It wasn't a place where everybody fought about uh, what to teach kids socially. It was They were there to learn reading, writing, arithmetic, and history. And uh, that was about it, so... I wonder if, if maybe those days are coming back. You know, for a certain group of our society, I think they are. You know, you see more and more people homeschooling. We were talking about that last night. And, you know, the public school system's a disaster because it's it's a political engine just like our government. You know, our government is going to tend toward disarray. It's going to tend toward uh, totalitarianism. It's going to tend toward uh, people wanting control and wanting to be able to tell other people what to do. I mean, some people are just like that. The Democrats and people, leftists, communists, uh, idealists uh, specifically, because they think they know better what's right and what's wrong. And they're typically godless people. I mean, to be a communist, you have to get rid of God, period. You have to put faith in man first. 
and man's ability to control situations and to, to um, take care of people, for instance, whatever. And you make it sound rosy all you want, but all they end up doing is, is being totalitarianism. And you look at Stalin and the the uh, really the, just the Chinese government at this point, the way that they squelch people or take people out when uh, they don't agree with the government. It's it's scary, and I you know we're heading that direction in this country. You see the FBI now bringing people in from January sixth that walked around a building without a gun, weren't doing anything. You know, a couple of them destroyed some property, which they they need to be held to account for. But you don't hold them in jail for a year without bond, without uh, the ability to to get out of there. I mean, it's it's ridiculous what we're seeing in some of this stuff. And I, where do you go from here? You know, I, you don't see anybody, it doesn't seem like anybody's really stepping up and, and having a big cow about it. I mean, some people are, I shouldn't say that, but you think our nation as a whole would be outraged at the treatment these guys are getting. But yet half, half, half of this country thinks it was an insurrection, that, that people were actually, you know, being encouraged to take over the Capitol. And that was so far from the truth, it's not even funny. And, uh, you know, I think it's funny, the more that comes out about the 2020 election, the more we see how inept it was and how ridiculous and how uh, corrupt it was. Um, I mean, I noticed it that night. I, I don't know how everybody in this country didn't see what was going on. And, uh, you know, now we're in a position where this guy has done so much in the last year to harm this country. It's not even funny. And you got people out supporting that that know exactly in their hearts what was going on. Our own representative, Sherry Bustos, we got a, a thing from her the other day that talked about all these great things that they did in the last year. And I just laugh. I'm like, what planet are you from, lady? You know, you guys haven't done anything that's been helpful to anybody but yourselves. And I just, uh, it makes me ill. Like, how do you think the way you do? I do not understand. But, I would guess that they're not truly centered on God. They're not truly centered on the word of God, the, the uh, mind of Christ. And that's the only thing I can come up with is that they have a different agenda. They have a different purpose because of who they are, because of what they believe, because of how they live that out. And that's, you know, that's all of us. You know, we're going to walk by the paradigms that we, we uh, have, you know, the way in which we view life, um, comes from our faith, comes from the center of, of what we believe. If you're a Mohammedan, then you're going to walk out life like that. You know, you can have 10 wives and 60 children. Um, you can basically do a lot of things that, that Christians would not think are good and right and true. Um, and at the end of the day, you'll go to the grave hoping that, uh, you know, you're going to get favored by God when you leave this planet. And, you know, I I just, I look at some of the things that people believe and I just, huh, how does that make any sense? And, uh, you know, you look at the, the religion of Christianity, the, the way in which Christ calls us to live, the way in which uh, God said things were designed, the foundation of the world and the fact that he created time and matter and space. And it just, it all makes sense. It makes sense out of things that might not otherwise make sense. And, you know, that's what a lot of these other things try to do. You know, the ideas of, of Buddha and the ideas of uh, all these other religious types, um, you know, the Latter-day Saints, Jehovah's Witnesses, all these other things, try and make sense out of 
certain things that in reality you can't make sense of without Christ. And, and he is the center of all of it. So a couple of stories from today. Texas audit finds over 11,000 potential non-citizens registered to vote and other problems. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you know, I, I think if we went into the annals of Illinois uh, and other states, especially the blue states, it would be probably 10 times worse than that. I bet there's probably a million people in this state. Well, maybe not that much, but I bet there's 100,000 at least in this state, um, if not more than that, that shouldn't be able to vote, that are listed as able to vote on the, the voter rolls so that Democrats can use them uh, whenever they want to get extra votes that they need to uh, win seats, win, you know, stay in power. And that's what they're all about is power and influence and uh, corruption, man. I mean, I and just, when I ask about that from our state rep, I, he just shakes his head, you know, about how bad it is in uh, Springfield in Illinois. But again, if you're not centered on Christ, if you're not centered on God, which I don't, I don't think most of the people coming out of the Chicagoland area probably are because the influence has gotten so great in the big cities of Satan, I believe at the core, but of the ideas of secular humanism and evolution and, and things like that, that people aren't centered on God anymore. They're centered on man's ability to, to think for himself without, uh, without God and acknowledging God. And that's, you know, God says the beginning of wisdom folks is to acknowledge me, to fear me properly to, uh, um, and we, you know, in our society, do we do that? You know, does social media do that? Well, in certain places it does, but you have to seek that out. That's not, you know, if you turn on mainstream news, they're not starting out every story with, well, today the Lord God almighty must have blessed this individual because they did this or they got that or no, it's, it's all based on a, a humanistic format. So, praise God, no casualties reported after historic Colorado wildfires destroyed hundreds of homes. Uh, seems to be a miracle that nobody died in that. And uh, Texas beat Biden again. Federal judge stops mask, vaccine mandates, and state's Head Start program. I, what on earth I, has one child ages three to five ever uh, died from this disease. You know, I, COVID is, has uh, really given one side the ability to circumvent so many things. Um, it's really sad. It really is. When there are simple things that could have helped that, could have stopped this whole thing. You know, at this point, especially for two years into it, we know what works and what doesn't. And the shots don't work, people. The shots, you know, you can say they work all you want, but they cause a lot of other problems for people. And they may work for some people, but I would argue you don't know because they may have been able to fight it off anyway. It may have been less for them. You know, we know three people that got the disease fully vaccinated and a couple of them were hurting pretty just as bad as I was when I got the disease unvaccinated, right? And so oh, what's the point of taking a shot? You know, the shot doesn't isn't doing anything except most likely the more shots you take, the more your immune system is going to be a, a piecemeal eventually. And you're not going to be able to fight off anything without it 
a specific shot for it. So Dr. David Martin um, came up with a way to end. He calls it time to free America.com and uh, discover the truth about COVID-19, the great reset, fourth industrial revolution. And uh, he's going, he talks about uh, some of these other things. So, how not to die from COVID-19. He goes through a whole bunch of stuff. What's inside the COVID-19 vaccines, truth about Anthony Fauci, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's, uh, you know, you can find resources. I think more and more people are waking up to the fact that this pandemic is is a pandemic of the government <laughs> because they wanted to use it to turn people into sheep. And no, you will follow our mandates. You will follow our edicts. You will follow what we tell you is right and wrong because we are the ones in authority. We are the ones whom to you should uh, subject yourself to. And they really want us to be subjects just like in the old Mother England, right? British subjects. They're not free people. And, uh, you know, hopefully... And I think I hold a lot of hope in the state governments that in the United States that will not happen because the states will push back. And with our system of government, that will protect us. And thank God for the founders of this country because they knew men are inherently evil. Men inherently want power and influence. And and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But with that, I'm going to close the show today. Have a blessed day. Again, Happy New Year. And if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, please email us at ehud at itsareligion.org. We'll be happy to help uh, that process any way we can. And uh, we'll go from there. So we'll talk to you next time. Lord for the small things like me and her on a porch swing for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if I still got breath in these lungs and that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama for my friends